0: Most of us at one time or another try a sport, but only a tiny fraction become so good that we call them elite, the best of the best. Most get there through an incredible work ethic that starts as a child and usually dominates their young lives, often at the expense of their education and social lives. For most, the blood, sweat, and tears results in just a few years at the top of that mountain. What then? have these elite athletes prepared for life after the glory. This podcast celebrates the lives of these elite athletes through conversation, stories, and a few laughs along the way. And now your hosts, Lucy Sang and Gary Stern.
1: And we are here on After the Glory. Thank you, Mark Allen, our esteemed uh, uh, producer for uh, from the PodClips Network, uh, a great network with lots of great podcasts and we're privileged to be with them. Uh, This is Gary Stern along with my colleague and co-creator and co-host Lucy Tseng. We are finishing up season three and our 10th episode of season three, uh, we are featuring somebody that I think embodies the spirit of trailblazers, community and social activism uh, by having Jenny Johnson Jordan, who I dare say can be thought of as part of the first family of athletics in this nation. Jenny's a UCLA 1996 graduate. Uh, She is the associate head coach for beach volleyball at UCLA. Uh, She, of course, uh, graduated from UCLA having been a prominent volleyball player. Uh, She uh, first uh, served as assistant coach for seven years and promoted to associate head coach in July of 2020. She also is one of UCLA's newest Hall of Famers inducted into the UCLA Hall of Fame in October of 2018. She won a national title as a player, and as a coach, she helped guide the Bruins to their first ever NCAA beach volleyball championship in 2018. When the Bruins went 40 and four that year, uh, Miss Johnson Jordan helped the Bruins win back-to-back NCAA titles 2019, and she was named the AVCA National Assistant Beach Coach of the Year in May of 2019. We are privileged and proud to welcome Jenny Johnson Jordan to After the Glory. How are you, Jenny?
2: I'm great. Thanks for having me.
1: Lucy, take it away.
3: Well, (laughs) Jenny, we typically ask and start our episodes asking our guests kind of why your sport, but I think something that's really unique about you and your family is there were so many sports that your family has excelled in. For you, how did beach volleyball and volleyball in general stand out and become a career?
2: That's a great question. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I think, you know, growing up, um, at a young age, you, you know, you do the soccer thing, a lot of kids do that. Um, and we were really exposed to a lot of different sports growing up by, uh, softball, basketball, track. I even had a short stint in gymnastics, which didn't last long because I was <laughs> going to be too tall. Um, and then when I got to a new school in seventh grade, volleyball was the first sport. And, you know, I knew I wanted to be involved athletically at the school. And so I had never played before, um, And I, you know, try out for the team was a seventh grade team. So, you know, everyone's going to make it. But um, yeah, it was, I I love the sport. I fell in love with it, but I continued to do back then, you know, people continued to play multiple sports and it wasn't really until probably 10th grade when I actually got hurt playing basketball Mm. and softball, where I was like, "Ah, I think I'm going to stick to volleyball. (laughs) And uh, once I started getting recruited, then I realized that, you know, that was a sport I probably wanted to stick with.
1: Well, for our audience who hasn't figured it out by now, uh, Jenny is the daughter of the legendary, great uh, UCLA and national uh, decathlon champion, Rayford Johnson. Uh, what people may not also know is that her uncle is the NFL Hall of Famer, Jimmy Johnson. Uh, there are other athletes in her family, and that leads to sort of the obvious question. When you're growing up as a kid in a family of, of really uh, great accomplishment and great commitment to athletics, Um, Is it something that you just sort of find yourself getting involved in naturally, organically, or did your family stay back and let you discover things on your own?
2: Well, I think when we first started playing sports, it it always has been a very family-oriented thing, right? You know, my parents were my first coaches. Team parents. Um, we were the ones at the soccer games on Saturdays, laying down the goalposts at <laughs> eight in the morning and picking them up at four in the afternoon. So we were there all day together as a family. And I just think as I got older, you know, my parents just kind of let me find my own way athletically to figure out what sport I would end up landing with and really had a passion for. Um, and you know, happened to be volleyball. It could have been anything else, they would have been fine with that. They just wanted to I think whatever I was doing, it was gonna be a family affair. They were gonna come support me at my matches, competitions, travel. Um, so really what I did wasn't as important as the fact that we were able to do it as a family.
3: And you know, on the opposite spectrum, was there ever a time in which sports was not in your life or not a focus or not even something that you even thought about pursuing?
2: I honestly cannot remember a <laughs> time when sports wasn't involved. I mean, even there the go. times where I had injuries, you know, I was always working my way back to sports. So um, even when I retired, I knew in some way I would be involved with
1: athletics. I'm curious, uh, as in growing up, and, and, and obviously being the child of, of a, 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 a legend in, in, in the world of sports in America, um, you, you don't want to, of course, be uh, uh, thought of in some way differently by your peers, by, your, by the kids that, that you go to school with. Um, when was the first time you realized your dad was famous, was a legend? Did, did you have a chance, for example, to look at the film as a kid of the 1960 Olympics?
2: I don't really remember when I actually saw that film. I, growing up, I always knew there was um, this famous aura around him. I didn't really understand what the big deal was, honestly, um, because I really hadn't been exposed to the Olympics at that point. Um, but I think when I was 12 years old and the 84 Olympics came here to Los Angeles and we got to go to the opening ceremonies and see him light the torch and go to a lot of the events and I'm like, oh, now I get it. Now I get what a big deal this is, like seeing it in person. Um, and really from then on, I had a completely new appreciation for what he had done. I mean, I was always proud of him, but I think just understanding the scope globally of what the Olympics does and brings and how it brings together even to start country I think was um, was a pretty
4: cool thing.
3: We'll dive deeper into Jenny's own experience in becoming an elite athlete herself when we come back on After the Glory.
5: University Credit Union has been providing a financial edge to members for over 70 years. Now you can earn more with University Credit Union. Earn up to 5% APY with a university checking account for the banking that you already do. You'll save more when you switch your deposits and loans to University Credit Union. Bank with your brain. Visit ucu.org to join today. Federally insured by NCUA. Terms and conditions apply.
3: This is Lucy saying from Resiliency Coaching. I am a certified mental performance coach focused on working with athletes transitioning into life after the glory days of sports. I help like-minded people become high performers and thrive in all areas of life. My goal is to serve as your accountability partner and offer different perspectives as you make tough decisions. Learn more about me on Instagram at resiliency coaching. R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-T-S-E-E underscore coaching. And thanks for tuning in to After the Glory. And we're back on After the Glory. This is Lucy Singh with my co-host Gary Stern and our wonderful guest, Jenny Johnson-Jordan today. Jenny, what was the moment or the experience of being recruited like? Did you think that you were going to become an elite athlete as you have become?
2: Uh... I really did not picture so much my a professional career after sport because for me I didn't really I had no desire to go overseas and play indoor so I I really didn't think a lot past college my recruiting experience it's so different now than it was then I mean then everyone took your your recruiting trips your senior year you made a decision like a few months before um uh, you got accepted to the school, so it was it was much more um, a lot later in the high school process. Um, for me, I actually got hurt my junior year, and mm. so um, I think it slowed down my recruiting a little bit. But I was able to to bounce back and um, you know took my five trips, and UCLA was my last trip. And um, I, I I actually almost canceled my trip because I thought, oh well, I know the school, I don't really need to do the trip. And I was like, no, I'll just I'll just go, I'll just go. And honestly, it was the team uh, that really sold me too. I just, I loved uh, the girls on the team. I felt like we connected really well. And to be honest, they were the best team in the country at that point. And I wanted to go to the best. And that's why I chose UCLA.
1: Well, for our listeners, uh, uh, Jenny, of course, will be too modest to tick <laughs> off her, uh, um, her accomplishments. But she played with the Bruins from 1991 to 1995. Was a two-time team captain for the volleyball team, 94 and 95. She was a member of the 1991 UCLA National Championship squad, as well as the NCAA runner-up teams from 92 and 94, earning all-tournament team honors. She played in 127 matches, 406 sets in her four seasons, uh, is among the all-time leaders in kills and digs. For those uh, who know volleyball, That's those are the words like home runs and doubles and triples. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, was a, uh, a volleyball magazine all-american honorable mention in 94 95 not a bad career jenny did do you feel the same way that it was a it was a career that you accomplished what you wanted to accomplish
2: i think things turned out great <laughs> <Not complaining. laughs> i think one thing a lot of people don't know too is that i actually walked on at UCLA i had wow. um, scholarship offers other places and um because of uh, the recruiting and my injury uh, they didn't have a scholarship my first year and I said okay well I'll come the first year but you know I know I can I can work to earn a scholarship and I did and so I was on scholarship my next I actually was there for I graduated in my first year so I was there for 5 years and
3: Wow Jenny you mentioned injuries a couple of times obviously as a young adult but likely as you got older and became an elite athlete right now can we dive deeper into how injuries impacts an athlete's life as a whole. I mean, particularly for yourself, but as a coach now, I'm sure you see young athletes experiencing injuries and that need for resilience. What is that like? And kind of, you know, those of us who just play sports for fun, experience injuries and then we ice ourselves and then three weeks later we're back up because we don't need to compete at the level that we're talking at for you and your athletes Mm -hmm. but but what is it like as an elite athlete to deal with injuries not just physically but emotionally
4: yeah
2: Uh, i have to say i i've been very blessed i i haven't had too many uh major injuries i've had some knee surgeries and i had i did have a a stress fracture and uh, mm. college actually my senior year which was a bummer uh, I had to sit out for a little bit when I was able to come back um but yeah I think the biggest thing for athletes is um unfortunately our sport becomes so much of our identity and so I think for me you know being out that was something I had to wrestle with like who am I a- away from my sport um And that is something I try to talk to my athletes about, you know, because they, I I see way more injuries now than I ever have. Um, So people are, it's not uncommon to be out, you know, a month or two with an injury. And so, you know, for them, if they're struggling, that's a, that's a conversation I, I like to have with them. Just, you know, your sport is important, but it's not who you are. You know and um, so trying to keep that in perspective I think is helpful but yeah as an elite athlete it's really difficult to sit out it's really difficult to miss competitions miss opportunities to compete at the highest level Um, but it just goes back to like how important it is to take care of our bodies not only physically but with rest and nutrition and um, you know the things that athletes are doing now are above and beyond the things I was doing <laughs> as an athlete. <laughs> so right.
1: you know, there's definitely definite well, advantage there. Well, Jenny, you, you transitioned into beach volleyball. And while the word volleyball is common to both types of volleyball, I imagine that they are different skill sets. You, you, you of course played in the Olympics, uh, participated in the Olympics in 2000, alternate in the Athens games of 2004. So you had a, you had a great experience, um, participating in the uh, Olympics in beach volleyball. Tell us about that transition. What's that like? And uh, uh, what challenges did you find in in becoming a two-person member of a team in beach volleyball?
2: Well, the first thing I will say is yes, they're completely different disciplines. I mean, yes, you're still passing, setting, and hitting, but the mechanics behind it, um, the strategy behind it is so different from indoor. And I will say this, another thing, it's completely frustrating <laughs> <laughs> coming off a, you know, a successful indoor career transition, to the beach where you're literally like a deer on, on, you know, just in sand, like your, yeah. your legs don't work the same, you're <laughs> about this high and you really have to learn the, you know, the dynamics of the sport and how it's different. So you know, there was a learning curve for for myself after college. Most athletes now they've been playing beach volleyball their whole lives. And after college was really the first time I started competing and playing beach volleyball. Um, so it, we had to learn quickly. and the best thing we did honestly, was we tried to train against the best players. So we would get our butts whooped day in, day out <laughs> in training. And we, I would go for free. I would just say, "Hey, you can use me as a practice dummy. I just want to be here and learn and train." And then, you know, eventually we were beating those teams. So it's it's very humbling. Uh, but I would say to any athlete wanting to make that transition, you just gotta take your take your bumps. You know, you're just gonna have to take your lickings till you get there.
1: I think that uh, when we come back, uh, uh, let's talk a little bit about. Uh, the transition to the program, because obviously you, you alluded to the fact that uh, the the athlete in many different disciplines has to get themselves ready for, uh, as we say on our show, life after the glory. Um, you have transitioned rather nicely into what coach Wooden used to call a teacher, not a coach, a teacher. And when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the pro career and your transition into teacher. This is Gary Stern with Lucy Sang and our special guest, johnson jordan when we come back
5: this is daryl wayne here to talk to you about the co-creator and co-host of after the glory woodland hills lawyer gary stern when gary's not talking to elite athletes you can usually find him doing what he's been doing for almost 45 years navigating the world of government as a college student and young professional gary helped folks deal with federal and state agencies through his work as a caseworker with a local congressman and state senator That work prepared Gary for a career as a consumer lawyer. Today, Gary still helps people in all walks of life, but his passion nowadays is his service as a mediator, mostly in cases like the ones he's been handling for over four decades, where people have been injured in accidents or in connection with their employment. You can learn more about Stern Law, the law offices of Gary N. Stern, at his website, www.sternlaw.org, that's S-T-E-R-N, Or you can call him at 818-710-2717. That's 818-710-2717.
3: Raise your game to a higher degree. Educating industry professionals since 1991, the University of San Francisco has established itself as one of the leading sport management master's programs in the world. Our locations in San Francisco and Orange County give students access to two of the largest sport markets. Earn a master's degree in 23 months from industry leading faculty and join a community of over 2,500 alumni and students. Learn more and apply today at usfca.edu forward slash smgodons. back on after the glory this is Lucy saying with my co-host Gary Stern Jenny let's talk about your pro career and then that moment in which you realize you would probably need to transition into not being an active athlete but still somehow staying in the world of athletics what was that like
2: uh well the pro career was more than I could have asked for honestly I ended up playing 14 years I took a little time off during that time to have two kids um, and always came back and competed. And uh, I love the flexibility of my sport. I love that I could train and compete for, you know, 10 months of the year and then have some time off and uh, be home a lot, which was great. I traveled a lot in the summer sometimes, but um, but yeah, had a lot of help here. My parents were my, my biggest babysitters. So it was, again, a lot of family time is a family affair. And then uh, in 2012, I um, decided it was probably a good time to, that the tour actually wasn't doing that well. We were still playing at a pretty high level, but just financially didn't really make any sense to be kind of scraping by. So I decided to hang up my, my suit and um, I was just gonna take some time off. And I got a call from Stein, wanting to know if I wanted to be a coach. And he says, I don't have any money. I said, I'm take a little time and enjoy my retirement. Call me back <laughs> next year. So he did call back next year. It was a very limited part-time job, which was perfect. I didn't really want to jump in anything immediately. I didn't really have to. So I just kind of eased my way in and and it's turned into a full-time associate head beach volleyball coach. And I absolutely love it.
3: When you transitioned kind of into retirement from being an elite athlete, did you think that you were going to stay in sports as a coach? Did you want to become a coach? Even though you wanted some time off,
2: I mean, I had coached previously high school beach teams and indoor teams. Um, I knew that could be a possibility, but I was pretty open. You know, I had majored in communications. I had done some broadcasting. That was always an option for me too. Um, but there was something about the the connection with the athletes that I really enjoyed um, having the personal relationship and. So when he called, I was like, okay, like, being a part-time athlete like is something I could try. I didn't have to like commit to anything too wholeheartedly. And yeah, uh, you know, as a as a competitive athlete, I wasn't sure at first if I could coach athletes who are not like me. <laughs> you know, that to me was going to be the test. Um, right. but it's also a challenge that I willingly accept. So.
1: well, you know, that's a really interesting comment that you make because we know from our life experience as as fans and admirers of athletes that there are stories of athletes who have tried to coach and found that they couldn't teach because they were looking for expectations. Uh, Magic Johnson comes to mind, Larry Bird comes to mind, Kareem comes to mind. Uh, The question of uh, why couldn't they sustain coaching careers And part of it is how could they coach somebody who would never be as great as they are. And yet we know that there are coaches like Coach Wooden who were legendary as players who were able to become good teachers. What do you think were the characteristics for you that allowed you to take your skill set as an athlete and become an elite coach as well as player?
2: Well, I think the biggest thing was I had to lay down my life as an athlete you know and I'm, I'm in coach mode right now so if I'm on the sidelines coaching I'm, I'm not coaching as a player I was very fiery as a player I was very vocal um, yelled a lot high five <sighs> like I was you know it with my partner all the time and you know that's not what every athlete needs some athletes need that some athletes just need like simple instruction direct instruction some some athletes do need some rah-rah like get them going you know so trying to understand the different ways to motivate different athletes different people was a challenge that I dove into and loved but I think for me the biggest thing about being a coach was really wanting to be a person who projected and really did care about the whole person so it's not just about what you're doing on the sand. It's what, you know, how are you in class? How's, you know, how are your relationships? How's your life? Like, I'm I'm here for you. My door is always open. And so for me, um, that was kind of the full picture of coaching and understanding that for me, sport had brought a lot of life lessons that I wouldn't maybe normally have experienced. And I really believe sport does that for people too, like, especially at that age in the college age.
3: That's amazing. And Jenny, if I could kind of dive into something that you sort of skipped over the fact that you were in a pro career. And, you know, we don't have many female guests on this uh, podcast just yet who have had children during their pro careers. Right. What was that like taking time off and physically giving birth and then having to transition and be back as an elite athlete? Tell us a little more about that experience since not many of us will ever get (laughs) to experience that.
2: I mean, for me, it was, it ended up being a great natural break in my career. We kind of, I kind of timed it where I would kind of make a run for the Olympics. And then if it happened, then I would try to have children after that. So they're about three and a half, four years apart. Um, (laughs) So I think coming back from my daughter, I had her in October and I started competing again in February. Um, I had a lot of support. It was, it was actually a pretty easy transition for me. I actually think I played some of my, best, my best volleyball after. Hey. Felt like I just became more focused, like doing exactly what I needed to do in and out, none of other nonsense, none of other distractions, you know, because I wanted to be home too. So, um, And then I had my son in June, and so I had a little bit longer to come back. But I really um, had amazing sponsors who supported me through both my pregnancies and time off. Which you know that was twenty years ago, so that was pretty pretty groundbreaking, honestly. Considering what some people, some athletes are experiencing now, correct. But yeah, it was you know it was it was pretty seamless, honestly, for me.
1: We're going to take one more break, and uh, when we come back, I'd like to close with I think some hopefully um, inspiring words for each of our listeners from somebody who I referred to earlier as part of arguably a first family of sport. A few episodes ago, we had the great NBA Hall of Famer, Rick Barry, on. Arguably, Rick Barry can make an argument for having the first family of basketball. But I I dare say that uh, uh, Jenny uh, Johnson-Jordan is in that discussion. When we come back, a few words about the family. On After the Glory, this is Gary Stern with Lucy Singh and our special guest, Jenny Johnson-Jordan.
0: Role models, they can make all the difference. In our world today, they have never been more important. One of the nation's most successful mentoring organizations is Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of Los Angeles. Their mission is to assist youth in achieving their full potential Through innovative and impactful programs. And no nonprofit agency does it better. Jewish Big Brothers Big Sisters of LA serves Jewish children, boys and girls, in our local community with a mentoring program that's been going strong since 1915. That's only the beginning. This nationally known agency owns and operates Camp Bob Waldorf. It's summer camping and weekend retreat programs enrich the lives of youth throughout greater Los Angeles. Then there's a college support program. And last but not least work that helps kids all over the world through the Teen talk app. Want to learn more? Go to JBBBSLA.org. Donate, get involved. There's no better way to make a difference.
1: And we're back on after the glory. This is Gary Stern. With Lucy saying, wrapping up season three with Jenny Johnson-Jordan. Uh, Jenny, at the outset of the show, we spoke a little bit about the family aspect of your life and career in athletics. You established clearly uh, on your own terms and in your own way uh, a great career in volleyball and beach volleyball and now as an associate head coach at UCLA, but it came it, – it had to come to some, to some degree – from an incredible inspiration uh, of your father, not to mention an uncle who was a Hall of Famer in the NFL, but talk a little bit about the life lessons from somebody like a Rayford Johnson, who of course, as our listeners know, not just the greatest athlete in the world when he won the decathlon in 1960 at the Rome Olympics, but then all of his incredible work with Special Olympics and and other um, aspects of his work in the community. Uh, tell us what you took from those incredible years uh uh, of the life of your father
2: well i also found out my uncle was a national champion in track i didn't know that he's a hurdler he told me that uh my recent visit with him but i think for me the the lessons and the things that i learned from my dad really had nothing to do with sport um he was not a volleyball player (laughs) i realized some things translate um But he didn't know anything about volleyball. I think most of the lessons that I learned from him really had to do with relationships, with service, with humility. My dad was one of the most humble people I've ever known. And um, it's because of that, that I really feel like humility is such an important quality in a person. And I really struggle with people who just are all about themselves you know um because he was never like that and honestly um he was my greatest supporter any noise that may be about you know our relationship and comparisons that was all from the outside that would never came from inside that never came from him and um so yeah i think a lot of his lessons he, he just lived his lessons honestly he served he had uh, so many different charities he was a part of, part of founding Special Olympics, obviously being one of the bigger ones and uh, part of LA84 committee and so many other things. And really, those were the things that I remember most, honestly. And my mom was right there with him, serving him, serving with him. But um, and just, you know, he treated everybody the same. He really did. He really, if he was talking to you, you're the only person in the room. You know, if you weren't less important, where he just had to get on with his day. No, he was going to make time for you. He's going to look you in the eye, and he was going to ask you, you, know how are you doing? <laughs> you know, how can I help you?" Um, and that was really a gift. I feel like that he gave me, and hopefully, you know, that's something that I've been able to do in my own life.
1: And 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 I noticed in your answer, not a word about. That you were a woman and in athletics it oh. obviously made no difference to him at all in terms of supporting your dreams and the things you wanted to do
2: no it never made a difference nor should it have <laughs> so Correct. i mean for him he just yeah he, his family always came first uh he never put up his awards i don't think i even saw his gold medal until maybe i was well i was in sixth grade because he did a presentation in our school but really that was the <laughs> first time i had seen it he just kind of kept it in the box away somewhere. Um, and it was like my, our awards were up. Our paintings and artwork was up on the walls, not his stuff.
1: You know, uh, before I throw it back to Lucy to close out our episode for today, let me just say that Jenny is the reason we have this show, because Lucy and I are both passionate about wanting people to hear the stories of, of athletes, not as to what goes on between the lines, but about the people that they are, and the lives that they can and almost always do lead, when the uh, the cheering and the passion for the playing of the sport itself is is uh, is over. Uh, Jenny, we thank you so much for concluding our season three with your visit with us today. And uh, Lucy, why don't you close it out for us?
3: Jenny, we just are so grateful to have you here. As you can imagine with our season three, focusing on trailblazers and social justice and people who have, you know, gone above and beyond in not just sports, but outside of, sports and making others fantastic people as well i think you have encompassed all of that and we really appreciate you also being here and continuing the legacy of the johnson family and sharing that with us and our listeners we look forward to many more seasons ahead of after the glory and for your teams in excelling and winning
1: thank you so much for being here and go bruins
2: go bruins
1: (laughs) thank you so much until next time everybody Lucy and I hope you enjoyed this edition of After the Glory. As we leave you until next time, we want to thank our team, our producer, Mark Allen, executive producer from PodClips, Mike Anderson, and our sound engineer and editor, the insane Daryl Wayne. We are also grateful for music by T. Dan Hofstede. And as we close out this episode of After the Glory, we honor our guest with our theme song, written and sung, by my brother in baseball, T. Dan, the master of music from the islands, and the slack key guitar. Until next time, stay safe, healthy, and athletic.
4: Living the dream on a shooting star. Hometown crowd cheering what you are. Living large and riding high. Razzling and dazzling across the sky. Back in the day, so young and strong Work or play, you can do no wrong But when that fight is through What you gonna do? Hey, hey, what's your story? What you gonna do after the glory? Step back and take it we okay.